This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Galaxies we hear, Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Tell Me This. I'm Brianne Roos here with Carrie Borkowski and two very exciting guests. We're really looking forward to our conversation today. So let me go ahead and introduce the people who we have the privilege of looking at here on our screens. First, Kayla Grange is a college student at Bowie State University, where she is studying fashion and design. She's also a self-advocate educator with Leadability LLC, where she is a co-presenter in the content and in live role play scenarios. We also have Dr. Lisa Shainbrode. Dr. Shainbrode is a speech language pathologist and the CEO of Leadability LLC. For over 30 years, she has been a professor of speech language pathology at Loyola University, Maryland, as well as a practicing speech language pathologist. As an SLP, she's provided in-depth assessment and individual treatment with school-age children and adolescents who have language deficits as a result of a wide range of language and learning disabilities, intellectual and disabilities, and more. She's also had many years of experience in collaborating and consulting with teachers, professors, counselors, psychologists, and other specialists. Welcome to the pod, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Now I understand. I have to say, everyone, we were joking before. We're glad this is only on audio. Now I understand, Kayla, while you're always put together because you're in fashion design. That's of course <laughs> you're always looking great. So, yeah, it, it's good to meet both of you. Lisa, I know we've we've met before, but Kayla, it's so good to meet you. So welcome. Thank you. So we always like to start our, start off our episodes by just checking in and asking how you're doing. So, Kayla, we'll start with you. How are you today? I'm doing good. Doing well? Any fun weekend plans? Um, Tomorrow I'll be going to the Rockville training where Miss Lisa will be at. Okay. Um, and then the day after that, I'll, be, I'll just be going to the church near my mom's house. Good. Sounds like a good weekend. Lisa, yeah. how are you? I'm great. It's Friday. <laughs> That's all she has to say. Well, <laughs> mic drop. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, you both know that this is a podcast where we are learning about belonging and we learn more each time we talk to different guests. And so the first thing we usually like to do is ask about your understanding of belonging. So Kayla, starting with you, what is your definition of belonging? Oh, sorry. My definition of belonging is, is just being around people who are like you and have similar thoughts as you. Just like being around people who act like you and think like you. Awesome. Thank you. What about you, Lisa? So I think Kayla nailed it on the head, but at the same <laughs> time, I think that there are different um, 
ways of looking at belonging to, whether that's at like with your family, whether it's professionally, whether it's also in like any other kinds of things that you have interest, interest in. So I think there's different levels of belonging. And um, but I do agree with Kayla that it's people who are around you that accept you and like you and maybe not necessarily like minded, but but have similar kinds of interests um, that you do. Thank yeah, you, Lisa. So the common yeah. threads there. Sorry, yeah. Carrie, go ahead. No, absolutely. Um, and again, I, I love, Brianne, that you opened with that we're always learning about belonging, right? Because that's really what this is about. It's a learning journey. And so I have a question that's, I really want to get Kayla into your story a little bit, like your belonging story. And I know we joked when we wrote this question that this could take episodes upon episodes. <laughs> and so maybe just a few snapshots, if you will. But before we do that, I was wondering, Lisa, for our audience and also for me, um, can you just say a little bit about leadability because I don't, I don't really know other than what I've heard. Can you just give us sort of, I don't know, a little bit of the story of this place? Yes, I'd be glad to. I'll try to do it. I'll try to do it in under 30 minutes. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> leadability actually came about um, when there was the unfortunate death of Ethan Saylor. Um, actually, it's been 10 years ago now at the hands of um, off-duty secure, off-duty law enforcement who were also um, security officers at a movie theater. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it came about because it was an unfortunate thing of them really not understanding how to be able to communicate effectively with somebody who has Down syndrome, who has an intellectual or developmental disability, and not really um, understanding those characteristics, the traits, the communication patterns, so that um, when he was asked to leave the movie theater, he was watching a movie, he went back in to watch it again. And when he was asked to leave, his service person, person, by the way, had gone out to the car to get the car. Um, they physically tried to remove him from the theater. And then he ended up um, face down on the ground and he died by asphyxiation. And so as a result of that um, unfortunate incident, there has been a statute which is unique in Maryland than other states where it is really uh, required that law enforcement, particularly both at the level of um, the group, like new recruits, but also for continuing um, kind of education, that there be training and that the training has to really focus on that kind of content in terms of characteristics, communication behaviors. But the big thing that the Ethan Saylor Alliance wanted, and this was from his family, Patty Saylor, who really was um, very, you know, uh, um, really went forward and, and is a champion of all this as a result of, like I said, the unfortunate death of her son. Yeah. Um, was that there be role play scenarios and that there'd be with self-advocate educators with lived experience. Mm -hmm. And so um my my uh my partner, Dr. Leah Saul, and I um got some got several grants, were awarded several grants to the Maryland Department of Disabilities and the um Maryland Developmental Disabilities Council. And so we work to be able to work with law enforcement and first responders to be able to create this curriculum for self-advocate educators to be able to role play authentically. Okay, and be able to do that. So as a result, um, to continue our work, because it can't all be funded by grants. We know what happens with grants when they end a lot of times, people don't, the money goes away. Mm -hmm. And so the training can't go away. So we formed this, um, our LLC to be able to continue and provide that training. And then we've since then been able to extend that to be able to offer also direct services and speech language therapy. And we're just starting to begin to do communication skills groups for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities to be able to help them to continue. Because again, as we know, once you go past 21, all those services go away. 
So we're very fortunate that we have been able to recruit a very, very um, talented group of self-advocate educators, of which Kayla is one of our stars. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. I, I appreciated having that background because, again, I had a little bit, but not enough to put it all together. So, um, and it sounds like you're doing much more now that you're ex- you're really extending services um, to these. Yes, and we've been also besides just working with first responders, with law enforcement, and with EMS, we've also been working with legal professionals. So, you know, there's, there's again, that other, that other piece and then also in the correctional system. So we've been moving in all different directions and and really in the correctional system, there's very little data or anything that's been done in this area with that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a new old area, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So I think with the number of people, and I think what's really important for people to understand is that the number of people with um, uh, hidden disabilities or mild disabilities that you never see is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're interacting daily with people. So really, everybody needs to understand these skills because this is this is where we are in the world today. And so you need to really be able to understand how to effectively be able to um, help somebody or work with somebody with that has a difference that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, Kayla, you mentioned your definition of belonging being feeling like you're around people who are like you and know yeah. you. I mean, that clearly, Lisa, is part of the problem, right, is that law enforcement and first responders don't know these individuals. And so, right. So it's like, it's Correct. sort of very and, interesting. Yeah. And look, and look, Kayla, look how, look what she's, you know, look at all the things that she's doing as a human being, right? Right. She's going to college. She's doing, um, she has, a, she holds a job. You know, she has all these other things that she does. And so the fact that I think that people get a notion in their mind, a certain, mm-hmm. you know, certain thing, when you say something, okay, this yeah. is what this person looks like. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and that was something that, you know, we've really been very fortunate. I mean, it was, you know, like it was a, it was a win-win, you know, it was sort of one mm-hmm. of these things where we're doing the grant things. And then we, we have this lovely group of self-advocate educators when you talk about belonging now I feel like I belong to that group with them which is, <laughs> yeah. and I love them I mean I yeah. really group they're fantastic so yeah. it's really it's really um it's very you know that that you have to consider those kinds of things that you know it's just very it's very different in terms of um who you who you meet on the street and again for law enforcement um a big thing is going to be again Kayla Kayla are you driving yet I can't remember no I just got a permit. No, I think it's going to be a while. I'm going to be very honest with you. Right. But a lot of our self-advocate educators do. And so once again, you know, you're, you're, you know, all these people are going to be in a situation where they, the the first responders can be interacting with people on a daily basis like that. You'd be, you'd be amazed what you learn from all that. I bet. I bet. And, you know, Kayla, part of what we're really interested in as well is, as I mentioned, is this sort of belonging story, because as I'm listening to to Lisa talk, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I almost feel like the self-advocate work you're doing is kind of in from my lens. It's like belonging work, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are creating this bridge, it sounds like, among these critical stakeholders and, you know, and other groups. And so I just love that. So I would love to hear if you wouldn't mind sharing, maybe what do you, you know, a belonging story that resonates with you? Like maybe it's your journey to work with Lisa. Maybe, I don't know, just, it's an open sort of ended question, but I'm just, I just would love to hear more about your story. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a lot of stories. Okay. <laughs> One story that I have, uh, this was back in high school. Yeah. Um. So 
beginning of freshman year, I being freshman year, I didn't have the best experience with best buddies because the buddies that I had, they didn't really come into the buddies event. But what I would use to replace that is I always go to other people's buddies mm-hmm. and spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And when I was in my sophomore year, I finally got my own buddy who was really there for me. And I met her parents, she met my parents and her group of friends. And we kind of talked like friends. We it was like we were friends. Mm-hmm. And it just like a lot when it comes to a lot of friendships I have, it's like a lot of people who I hang out with, they had their set own set group of people that they met. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I hang out with them, but then I just be doing my own thing mm-hmm. when they hang out with their group of friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I didn't have the time. But it still is like that today. Like I have a group of friends mm-hmm. where I hang out with them, but they have their own original group of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I just be doing what I do, just doing things, all that stuff. Yeah. So when you said you reached out to other friends, like in that story of being a freshman, right? And you said that initially it wasn't really working for you and that you reached out for others. How did you know that that was right for you? Like, what what did you, I don't know, did you have a, a a sense about it? Did you just, like, try it and it worked? Like, what was that like, that experience? So, freshman year, I, um, I needed somebody to just talk to. So, the me not having my own buddy, I didn't really, that went over my head only mm-hmm. because, at that time, only because... I had other people who I get along with as well, who I could, could just go to. That's mm-hmm. why I went. Mm, got it. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about belonging, like you used your, your definition of belonging, I'm just wondering, how do you know when you belong or when you don't belong? Like what are the, what are sort of the, I don't know, like the, the cues or the evidence that you have of, oh yeah, I belong here or who I don't, I don't know if I belong there. Like, what do you notice in those moments? I know when I feel belong is when a person makes me feel happy mm-hmm. and they can make me laugh, build a conversation with me. Yeah. And I could feel if that person really um is talking to me and, and then just, they just make me feel good. They make me laugh. They talk about everything. Mm. And then I really don't feel like I belong would have to be when I'm just sitting with them and just like conversations are not when I'm not in it, but except when I'm not in it. And if it doesn't concern me, I don't just hop in. Mm. But when we're talking about casual conversation and I just like, I don't know. I just, how do I say it? Um... I would say in a way of they don't, they just kind of push off of me and then they just don't make the effort. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I also have to find out that somebody else is making the effort for them and you find that out, mm. your expectation of that person, it really messes, messes your mind mm-hmm. and your perception of that person is going to be different. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you cued in on sense of humor because I have to say, Kayla, that's a, for me, that's a really good P 
piece of evidence too, right? When someone who can make me laugh, I'm like, I'm all in there with you. So, so I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, it's funny, Kayla, cause the, so Brianne and I, like Lisa are researchers. And so we do a lot of research on belonging. And what I thought I heard in your response is, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me if I'm wrong, is what we have found talking to other people is that there's almost like a gut feeling, like something in your stomach that says, I should be with these people. And I I was sort of sensing that from you and just wondered if that's a feeling that's familiar to you. It is. And um, sometimes I have a hard time realizing that. Mm. that's that feeling I do have that feeling mm-hmm. I never understood why oh, why right. I'm having these feelings of I don't think I should be here mm-hmm. once unfortunately for me there's a couple situations where a some type of situation that I have to find out that it would take for me to realize that was something a place where I don't belong yeah Yeah. it doesn't always take the gut feeling because you Mm -hmm. people tend to overlook their gut yeah I overlook at it only because it's just like I don't want to appear like I'm overreacting Mm. yeah you're right that the I mean I think gut feelings are complicated too right and I I have been too many times I've been in situations where I was like, oh, I should have listened to my gut (laughs) (laughs) and I overrode it. So, so I was wondering, I would love to ask Kayla, ask you first. And then Lisa, if you wouldn't mind answering this question as well. So, you know, I'm really curious, Kayla, we've talked a little bit about some of your personal and maybe school experiences. I'm curious, you know, Lisa said like, you're, you know, a superstar in terms of being a self-advocate educator. And I'm wondering, has that work contributed to how you feel about belonging or whether you belong? Like what's, what, what has been sort of, you know, the contribution of that work being a self-advocate? Um, the contribution of self-work. Of- well, so, yeah. So like that you're a self-advocate, I'm just wondering, has this affected how you feel about belonging? No, no, it hasn't. It's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I didn't know because what I was, what I was also curious about is now that you have a chance now, I don't want to be presumptuous. So tell me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you, you are working with, um, for, what, do you work, work with first responders and police officers? So I'm just wondering, like, do you, do you feel a sense of belonging in those groups now? Because you're having, you're getting to work alongside of them. And Lisa, maybe you can yes. also, yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah, it's just like in the beginning of this mm-hmm. activity, I get to do a virtual, which I kind of have a hard time because it's like I when I was in freshman year of college, I had to do all these acts in my um single room door, <laughs> even in my double double room dorm. Okay, and as everything in person was to was be able to open, um. I was able to go in person. Mm. That's where I felt more of belonging. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see that. It's it's definitely hard to do this work. I would imagine doing the work you were doing, doing that virtually. So Lisa, yeah. can you add to this? Like I'm just curious about sure. what this experience is like and how it might contribute. Yeah. So Kayla's right. Kayla was in um 
she was kind of in our second group of self-advocate educators who we recruited. And then right around that time, of course, COVID came on. Yeah. And so when we were first starting to do all of our trainings, we had, we continued them. We did them online. So she's absolutely right where we did. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't know that I can say it was, it's equally as effective, but it does work. You know, we were able to figure it out. They all learned how to be uh, masters of zoom and be <laughs> able to, you know, be able to act and use their cameras appropriately. And if in, in different times we went into chat rooms or other times it was, you know, like the whole group. So I understand what she's saying in that you didn't really feel a connection. You know, you mm. the people were there, you saw them, but you didn't really see the faces or you really couldn't connect. And she would be in scenes with, you know, with people. So it'd be just kind of like this, where in the mm-hmm. next box would be the person that she was interacting with. And they, it was, it was good, but not, you know, it's not a hundred percent. So yes, as we've been going back, um, to our trainings in person, it's been, it's very different, particularly I will say with her because she's, like I said, she's a master at some of these things that she does. And she's very good at holding everybody in the scene for a long time to be able to, you know, to be able to work through the scene, which is exactly how we, what we train her to do. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll say afterwards, wow, that was, that made me really work. You know, that made me really work hard. So I understand that she's saying to that connection that way. I know when we go back, um, we got re- uh, recently, we're just down in PG County again, and, and PG County was our original partner. And um we, the, the, all our self-advocate educators, they just love him. As soon as we go, they're like, you know, they're just, they want to hug him and and he's like real friend. So yeah, that sense of touch, that sense of, you know, I think that's really important in terms of feeling like you belong that way and making the connection, for example, with the recruits that we go to on that mm-hmm. day, really being able to talk because we have time where they will be able to come and interact with our self-advocate educators and talk with them about things that they might have in common, like, um, Kayla's is fashion. Mm. Somebody else in our group uh, loves WWE. Well, that's always something that, you know, so <laughs> that those connections come across there. Yeah. And then you really do feel like by the time we get to the end of the session that day and we're taking like a group photo with everybody, mm. that they really are a part of that. There is a sense of belonging that they, yeah. you know, they were there and that they they had a part in all that. Yeah. In my work, I've collaborated directly with hundreds of educators to support their success. Do you know which of their ed tech frustrations comes up time and again? The sheer number of tools out there and the difficulty of knowing which ones schools like theirs are using to get results. IXL is different. Not only does it perform the functions of dozens of tools, it's currently delivering results for one in four U.S. students, including those in 95 of the top 100 districts. Another major pain point that comes up When a school is excited to implement a new tool only to find out the teachers hate it. Yikes. It helps to know that IXL is loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, saving them time on prep work while enabling them to better support student learning. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments. An independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? If you have a goal to increase achievement for all students, make sure to find out what IXL can do for you. Visit IXL.com forward slash BE for a demo 
That's IXL.com forward slash B. Do you see that? I mean, you talked a little bit about uh, Kayla and her group that do all this amazing work. Do you see the same impact on the first responder? Like, do they do they report to you like how the, how they shift in their own experiences of the work? Yeah. And, and Carrie, that's I'm going to tell you in general, in that whole area of this is where the research is lacking on the end. Mm. To know, we know what's happening right then, but we don't know, except when we hear human, you know, we hear stories and things of things being done well, yeah. you know, the fact that we really know that it, that it's, it's been that way. We have follow-up emails from a lot of our recruits mm-hmm. who will say, or at the end, we always, you know, do what three things did you learn? What, you know, those kinds of things. And they always put, this was fantastic. We love yeah. the self-advocate educators. You know, this is really something that we really, you know, hope to really be able to take out and, and employ. Yeah. I just, I have to believe like, you just, I feel like you wouldn't be able to unring that bell once you've your eyes have been open to this training. And then I guess I, I imagine Lisa, the, the challenge for your research is that you don't hear about things going well until something bad happens. Right. So exactly right. right? So that's that's the the reason for, that's why something happens and you have to be called again. So, I mean, I will tell you that that's where we're working right now. Lee and I are working also on that research end of things Mm -hmm. have been connected with a lot of other groups to be able to start, you know, being able to develop the research in that area because there just isn't any, you know, to be, and it's, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's an interesting kind of collaboration that you need. Mm -hmm. You need, you really do need the academic partners, you know, in terms of that research and that piece of it, but you have to have the law enforcement people because they're the ones doing that. Absolutely. And whether it's, if, whether it's us providing that type of training or there are other certainly advocacy organizations that are doing it, mm-hmm. you need everybody to be able to cooperate and be on the same page to be able to get that information. Absolutely. So we're, yeah. we're in baby steps starting that right now, but that's, that's kind of, but it lacks, it's not in the area to be able to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So shifting away from the research. <laughs> And toward you, Kayla, um, you did a really nice job describing belonging related to other people. So other people who have similar interests, who make you laugh, you feel connected with. We're also curious about belonging to yourself. What does that mean to you, the idea of belonging to yourself? Um, Belonging to self is a feeling, it's basically feeling good about yourself, being able to not looking for a group of people to hang around just because Mm -hmm. you did a table around them. It's just kind of feel like you belong to yourself. You just like don't need approval for others Mm -hmm. and center yourself more than centering a group of people. Just instead of trying to look um, belonging of people, you got to look and belonging of yourself so that you don't have to worry about if people are going to hurt you, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to, especially when you didn't grow up in the best conditions or parents had good intentions, but they were too hard on you, mm-hmm. that's good. That That's going to be harder to take in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And what you're saying echoes a lot of what we've heard from other people, too. So there's the element of your past, like you're talking about your parents, your upbringing, that I think you're right that that contributes to your sense of self, yeah. right? And and it's not a, always abusive. It doesn't have to be all abusive. It just could be like parents were too harsh, and then parents like have authoritarian. If it's not a auditorium or like a balance, if there's no balance to it, even if it's not bad, it still could give a sense of 
validation from other people just because parents try their best, but it didn't come up the way it did. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's true. Spoken as a parent. I I, I know I was going to say, I think that's so true that Brianne and I have both reflected that, you know, parents can be doing the best they can and and their own fears for example can creep up and and that can create it difficulties for for the kid right and not meaning to right like you said Kayla all even well meaning parents can do that so um yeah but I, I like lo- what you I were love saying that definition okay. I was going to say mm-hmm. I love that definition like I'm thinking about centering yourself I just we haven't heard we've heard lots of people describe belongings to self and I just love that idea of centering yourself Yeah. And I'm hearing what you're saying, Kayla, is like, just be true to yourself, like know yourself, be true to yourself and don't change because of what the other people at the table might be Mm. expecting. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. Just because like, just because you sit on it at the same table doesn't really mean you belong there. Mm. So true. That is quotable quote. That is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, need to put that somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Lisa, what do you think about belonging to self? I again, Kayla's, you know, always hit it right on the head, but you know, <laughs> being comfortable on in your own skin. I will say this from the perspective of probably being the oldest person sitting on this call, that um that I do think that changes with age. I think mm-hmm. it, it and with when and and the experiences, but I do think it's it's age related as well. And I think that when you get to a certain point. And you're you're just very comfortable in your own skin. Kayla's much more comfortable than most people I know her age in terms of being comfortable in her skin. I think a lot of people are always trying something else out when they're trying to figure that out and to fit with the group and to do all those kinds of things. And I think you get to a certain age when you just go, yeah, I'm comfortable with me. And if you don't like me, then you don't (laughs) have to belong to me. And I really don't care anymore. And so, unfortunately, Brianne, gets this all the time for me because a lot of times whatever comes out comes out and that's sort of it I'm just you know that's yeah. I get uncomfortable at that point in my life where I'm like if you don't like me that's okay I have a lot of friends and a lot of people where I feel like I belong I'm happy to have more but I don't have to have more and that's okay totally. so I think that's yeah. really uh you know I think that I do believe that that really does have something some consequences of age yeah I love yeah. that and I know Kayla this isn't on the script so you can not answer this if you don't feel comfortable. I th- I picked up on what Lisa articulated, which is you seem so centered in self at such an, a young, a younger age than I remember for myself. I'll just say it that way. And so I just, I can't help but be curious <laughs> about, you know, what's this, what's your like, I don't know. What's the secret there, right? Like if you could share, like what w- it was there a moment that you remember you're like, I belong to myself yeah actually my first relationship I was really innocent so I gave him my everything I was young I can't call myself because I have another person who liked me Mm -hmm. but I want to experience the love of quality time and my first kiss my first everything and there were some red flags that flew around that every people in my family saw, but mm-hmm. I was really innocent. I was, I didn't understand what dating was. 
I didn't, I don't think I lost myself necessarily, mm-hmm. but I was so like trusting with this person to the point of just finding a way to make our relationship work. Mm-hmm. But I knew I still have that part of me where I want to focus on myself. But that part of me was kind of more, it's not, it wasn't gone, but mm-hmm. it was more hidden from this person mm-hmm. who I loved. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, Kayla, you got to be yourself. You got to learn how to be yourself. Stop trying to be clean around me all the time. And I found out he, the reason why he was saying all these things to me was to basically I was because for the past couple of months of our relationship I was betrayed behind my I was betrayed emotionally Mm -hmm. abused betrayed behind my back for the past two months of our relationship and it was because my roommate made made him tell me tell me that he basically betrayed me behind my back and I hurt and once we broke we broke up all this emotional trauma got to me and I was just angry I was so angry about it that I and I was trying to hold it on mm-hmm. but out because I hated the fact that I was so embarrassed mm-hmm. I was embarrassed behind my back some of the people who I don't even know probably knew but it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like, I was just so angry. Like, why are you putting everything into me? Mm-hmm. And it's also the self-realization, like, of why are you pointing out people's problems, other people's problems, what other people are doing to other people, disrespecting, especially when you make content mm-hmm. about other, saying advice roasting other people mm. and talking about advice from middle and high schoolers when you're like the same age as me mm. it's just kind of like yeah you're you're weird I'm yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah yeah I'm so sorry that that happened um that just yeah. sounds like a terrible experience I yeah, will but- say it sounds like though if I can, I don't love the idea of silver linings because I know I hear in your voice that it was hard and I love yes and. So it can be hard and it mm-hmm. sounds like you reconnected with yourself, that you discovered that you were important. And so damn that guy, but yay for <laughs> Kayla. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I had my part in it too, but at the same time, was my part was my part the why the relationship ended yeah so yeah right well thank you so much Kayla for sharing that I appreciate your willingness to be so vulnerable with us that was um I appreciate that I'm grateful yeah and I'm curious Kayla about how you do the things you do so it seems like you have such a strong sense of self and you've gone through quite a few things you've shared some of them here obviously you have a lifetime worth of stories Um, the people who listen to this podcast like to come away from the episodes with kind of things that they could enact themselves like strategies sort of. So what are some practices or habits that you've developed that have helped you to improve your belonging? 
I would always say the habits that will help me improve my belonging is try to always ask for from the outside I know it's not always good to ask from the outside but it's just like sometimes it's always good because the more information it's just kind of like it's just kind of like um sometimes when you when you hold on to somebody so much you're not going to see what's going on with that person mm. okay the person who is from the outside is really like mm. really seeing what you're not seeing mm. and if you didn't see it don't blame yourself just you didn't see it so yeah. I love that right like what I think I heard you say Kayla is perhaps finding a trusted friend right someone that you've already identified as someone um, where you feel that person that made you laugh, right? That you talked about yeah. earlier. Maybe you go back to that person as a check-in is what I think I'm hearing. Is that, is that right? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's really good advice. I think that's really good advice. Cause you're right. We can all get sort of, I, I would say in the weeds, right? You're sort of keeping your head down and not paying attention. And so it's really good to have someone Brianne is someone that makes me laugh. And so she'd be someone I would check in with Kayla and she'd pull my head up from the weeds and tell me if I was doing okay. So I, I, I agree with you on finding that trusted friend for sure. So well, same. And Kayla, when you were sharing the story about that relationship you were in, it sounded like there were people around you who kind of saw some things going on, who cared yeah. about you as a person. Yeah. And, you know, so I can see just that you're learning from all these experiences that you have and you're developing these yeah. conclusions and strategies. And I always try to, because it just kind of like, I don't know if I, it, I don't, I always try to learn from my mistakes because mm -hmm. if I don't, it just makes me look bad as a person. And if you, mm -hmm. it just makes me like, I don't know. I don't know how to say it though. Mm -hmm. Well, um, sometimes it feels bad. It does. Yeah, when you make yeah. the same mistake again. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was, but it does happen. Yeah. People it does. Make the same mistake. For but sure. it's, here's the thing about that there's a difference between keep making the same mistake versus making the same choice. Mm. The way I was portrayed was a choice. Hmm. And abuse of emotional abuse and cheating. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. People, when it comes to relationships and friendships, people tend to mistake a choices versus mistake. You got to end those actions. They mix it and throw it together. Mm -hmm. You got to learn how to separate apart, especially mm -hmm. it's for months and even a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I would also say, since Lisa has shared that she belongs where she needs to belong and she's saying what she needs to say. I'm guessing, I don't know Lisa really well, but I'm guessing she could be that person for all of us if we needed to get our head up off the weeds that Lisa would tell <laughs> us the truth, whether we liked it or not. <laughs> so we're all lucky to have Lisa in our orbit. <laughs> Lisa, what Lisa would you recommend? I, I just like strategies wise, do you have any strategies for, belong for belonging? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Kayla's right in that, you know, that you're looking for people to, uh, you know, that have, you know, that have a common, a common sense with you, you know, I, I a common sense of self, I mm -hmm. guess is what I would say. 
So I know for me, my friends, my close friend group, they're a lot like me, you know, they're, they're, they, they are accepting of a lot of different things. They are, they don't have to have me available all the time. I don't have to have them available all the time. Mm -hmm. I can pick up with them months from now and not have spoken to each other. And we still have that belonging or that sense of belonging, you know, to be able to do that. Distances don't make the difference over that. Um, Time is not something that impacts that, that level of belonging, you know, that way. Um, I guess would also say too, that they're on that same line for me in terms of my level of wanting to, you know, that those are the people I kind of gravitate to. There are some places where you belong, where you can't control that, like in Mm -hmm. your family. Right. So, you know, in your family, hopefully you feel like that sense of belonging, but there are things that can happen sometimes that you have to look past, you know, let it go, because otherwise you're you will impact that sense of belonging or that connection of belonging amongst a lot of family members that way as well. And so there's, you know, families, I think families equal dysfunctional a lot of times just because of the way that they all interact or don't interact with people some way. So somebody always has to be like the bigger person to kind of come above some of those things. And I think the less said, you know, in terms of thinking about those belonging things, you're, you're better off, you know, Mm. in terms of letting that go. But I think that that's, you know, finding that commonality, being able to look past (laughs) things, being able to prefer to endure across space and time, Mm -hmm. um, and I think, but but also being open to to other experiences and in terms of belonging and not yeah. not keeping yourself so centered in like one particular way, like this is who I am and this is what I'm I I'm a swimmer. I only want to interact with swimmers. No, 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 no. I mean, if if I had had if we had had that kind of you know thought with the stuff with the things that we're doing, we would never be in this other space right now. Absolutely. And now now we've we've extended and we belong to another space and like law enforcement and with other people that's it's really fascinating and you feel you know welcomed belonged into another group and i think that that's important particularly as you mature and grow in your relationships to really feel a sense of belonging in a lot of different places and not having to be just in that one space yeah I, yeah well and i would say lisa i've known you for a while i think there's a difference between being direct and kind of a straight shooter which i would say you are Versus being very closed and rigid, right? right? So you you pretty much always know where you stand with Lisa. Um, but I also will say that if there's some new information presented at a meeting that we happen to be at, Lisa's the first person to be like, tell me more. About, what is that? I don't even know about that. Tell me more about that. And she's also the person who's going to make a change in her class based on that information and say, mm-hmm. I tried that, didn't work, or I tried that, great suggestion. So to not confuse directness with rigidity, I think- is important here. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, yes. And I think, you know, in terms of that too, and that belonging, knowing that this, what we said before that we have so many people now who communicate in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And so really being able to understand that you might be misinterpreting something Mm -hmm. where you might really, you might really be missing an opportunity to belong as part of a group and take that chance to be able to step out and try that group just based on the fact that maybe it just doesn't look like they, you know, like they're communicating with you, you know, effectively or, or that you have an opportunity to join a group. I mean, I think that's where we, even in our, in our field of speech language pathology, when we're looking at the area of social skills and we're trying to teach those pro friendship skills and really all those kinds of things is joining, you know, what's the first skill, how to join in a group. Isn't that belonging? I mean, how to join in to make that first step to belong into a group. So take the risk, 
yeah. of, of figuring those kinds of things out. Yeah, first figure out if you've got commonalities, but if it's a group that's new to you and you really want to give it a try, and like Kayla's saying, you've got to really watch those risks for things that might, you know, those, those little red flags that might kind of jump out at you all over the place. But maybe there's a group that you do want to try that's a little bit different that you want to step out into and dip your toe into that and really start to, you know, get into that area to see if you can join and then belong. But I think that joining piece is the hardest part for yeah. a lot of people these days because they think they have to be in a mindset to do something and not to be able to just say, hey, that sounds fun. Let's try that. Yeah, I love, I love the, I mean, we talk a lot in our conversations with other people and in our research about vulnerability, and we've all heard the idea of vulnerability, but I love thinking about risk-taking, right? Mm -hmm. Cause I think, I mean, I will be really honest and say that I, this year, um, I think is going to be a great season is a great season for the podcast because I'm often really nervous before the episode and mm -hmm. I'm nervous because we're we're stretching ourselves this year. We're really like, I was Kayla, I was very nervous to meet you because I don't know anything about the great work you and Lisa are doing. I felt very out of my element. And I was like, I'm just going to trust this process. And I know I'm not prepared in a way that you are prepared, but like I took a risk and like, I feel like not presumptive, not trying to be presumptive about it, but I feel like I've just made a friend. Right. And like, right? That's it's, nice. Right. It's like, so it's the risk taking. And so, I mean, in, in the work that you and Lisa do, I mean, I would imagine that the dominant culture, however defined in that moment, expects the non-dominant culture to take risks. Right. And we should be asking the same of the dominant culture to take risks. And so I'm so glad, Lisa, that you brought up that idea and how that can really establish belonging. I think that's a really, really good point. So, Oh my goodness. This has been yeah. such a good conversation. I know. <laughs> really, really good. Um, yeah. You want to wrap it up, Brianne? Or... Yeah, sure. I mean, at the end, we always just like to ask if there's anything else that you'd like to add. So Kayla, is there anything else that you were hoping we might talk about today that we haven't gotten to? Um, not that I know of, no. Okay. Well, you gave us a lot of awesome insights. I took a lot of notes thank <laughs> you. about what you said. So thank you. Thank Lisa, you. anything else? No, this has been really interesting. It's it's been you know it's it's been very when you sent the questions and I was looking at them beforehand. I was like, whoa, this is kind of hard. I really have to think on this to you know, <laughs> really think about where I was, where I felt like I first belonged. I'm like, geez, a pizza. I have to go way back in time for that one. But it really is an interesting area to think about. You know, all those kinds of things in terms of belonging. I certainly are are is uh, is important work, and so appreciate the opportunity to be here today. And of you and also including Kayla, who's like I said, she's one of our she's one of our star people. And I like I said, I think she has a really unique perspective um coming from coming from where she does from a lot of different ways. And uh she's she's great. So thank you all for having us here today. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank thanks to everybody for being here. Kayla, it was such a pleasure to meet you and hear part of your story. And Lisa, it was good to get to know you outside of just a standard uh, professor's meeting uh, to, <laughs> to really hear more about your work. So, and Brianne, it's always a pleasure uh, to chat with you as well. So, all right, everybody, this has been another episode of Tell Me This, and I hope you enjoyed it. Take care and be well. So sincere.
To simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.